Hey, this is Bob Sorrentino from Italian Roots and Genealogy, and I'm here today with Elena G.C. from EG Ancestry. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about this fantastic document, actually a will, that I found and Elena translated for me. So thanks, Elena. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. Thank you for your, for your invitation. So before we get to my stuff, um, you had a very interesting uh, thing happen within the last couple of months, and that is you did some research for Lewis Gates Jr., correct? Yes. Well, I did a couple of years ago, one and a half years ago, it was September uh, 19, and uh, the program, the, the show of Finding Your Roots, uh, had contacted me in order to uh, ask me to research the genealogy of a famous actor, with, who is uh, Christopher Meloni, and um, uh, his origins are Italians, of course, and I researched both sides of his family, and uh, I found a big amount of uh, stories and people, names, uh, uh, perhaps some something like 70 ancestors. And I went back on a family line back to the 17th century. Uh, and in the end, they uh, broadcast this, uh, this show, this episode. And but the most important, uh, um, the most intriguing ancestor was his great-grandfather, who had been uh, abandoned as a child. He was a foundling. And uh, this was the, the main story, the, the topic of, of the episode. So uh, some of my friends and customers were uh, disappointed because they didn't see the big job I, I did because they stopped <laughs> very early. But uh, it, it was great. It was great because it was a, a very interesting and touching story. And even if all the rest had not been uh, uh, broadcast on TV, I'm happy the same. And uh, well, if Christopher Meloni will like to have his full genealogy tree and all of my reports and all of my findings, I will be very happy to give it to them. Well, I'm gonna make sure I send this to him because I'm not shy, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I sent you a link to uh, this will and testament, it was it was from I think Google Books or something like that. It was all yes. in Italian, which I didn't have a clue. Um, but how unique is it to find a document like this, whether it's on Google or whether you know you're in Italy and you you go to a notary and find that? The point of the research of researching is that you never know what you will find. It may be a will, a very long and detailed will, like the one you found. Uh, but sometimes for other investigations, I found uh, clinical records or foundling records or sentence trials. And all of these are very interesting because they give you, uh, they tell you a story about your ancestors. Uh, I, I don't mean only the aristocrats like your family, but also common people, there must be, that there may be a hidden story somewhere. And uh, it's just a matter of patience or, or luck. If you uh, come to one of these documents, which are, uh, which could contain a great deal of information and, uh, uh, and details and data about your ancestors and family. How did you go about 
starting with it and reviewing it because I know you gave me a very detailed report. So how did how do you do all of that? Okay, so I read it very quickly at first, just to understand what it was about. So uh, I understood it was a will, or better, it was the transcription of a will, uh, which had been commented already in the 19th century by a lawyer. And all of this was uh, following uh, a sentence trial, a suite from uh, uh, between two members of your family. So I read it very quickly to understand uh, the context and the people involved and so on. And then I started by reading it thoroughly, uh, but disregarding all the bureaucratic stuff because uh, an old text is usually full of bureaucratic things and uh, a lawyer's explanation is full of details. And I was focusing on uh, on your wish uh, that you wanted to achieve it with this document. And, and it, it was uh, who is who are the members of the family, which is the structure of the family, uh, what is involved. I'm, I assume that you didn't care about uh, the law being Article 8 or 15 uh, or, or else. So I disregarded all this stuff and uh, I made it very um, shorter. And then um, while I was reading, in parallel, I was writing everything that was everything important, the Jewish of this will that was coming from this document. And in parallel, I was making a family tree in Excel so that I had a focus on uh, how the family was composed, the structure of the family, the people involved, the dates, whether they were deceased already or they were still alive. I guess there were three brothers, two of them, didn't have children. And my uh, fourth great grandmother was the daughter of one of the brothers, I guess, of the Baron of uh, Carpignone. Am I saying that right? Carpignone, yes. Baron of Carpignone. Uh, Which I looked up the picture. It's a beautiful place on a mountaintop. I, I looked at the picture too. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a very nice village on, on the hills and the mountains. Uh, which they purchased in, I think it was 17, 17, or sometime in the 1700s, they purchased it. Um, but so uh, t- two of the brothers didn't have children. Uh, and I guess uh, would have been my fourth or fifth grade uncle decided to split up the estate in a certain way. But I think unusual for Italy, he decided to give uh, one of his nieces a, a big portion of the of the estate or the money, correct? Yes. In, in the end, uh, it was not really his first decision. Uh, Gaspar's will and his vision, because he had the, a strong vision uh, behind this, this will, was that uh, uh, the estate and the goods and the money must not be scattered among uh, nephews and, and too much people. He wanted all the wealth to uh, remain in one in one in one person. And this person was his nephew Giuseppe, who is the father of your ancestor. And he, at first, he didn't want to give uh, anything to the women, to the female line, uh, just a few money. Uh, 8,000 Ducati out of uh, 100,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was just a small portion, but then eventually nothing went uh, as it wished to. Uh, so his brother died before him, 
and his nephew Giuseppe uh, didn't have any son, only a daughter. And so just a few days, maybe one or two days before his death, he changed, he amended his will and uh, gave uh, all the wealth uh, to the niece uh, with a condition because he didn't want to, um, he didn't want this, this estate, this wealth to change the surname. He wanted to give everything to a person with his surname. And so he said, uh, he, he commanded that, uh, okay, the niece was taking these goods, but he, uh, she was bound to leave them to the other family, to the family line, which carried the surname, the Rizzo. Uh, but eventually it went wrong because in the meantime, uh, other laws came that were forbidding this passage of the property uh, after the death. And so she was the one who remained the owner of everything. And uh, I don't know whether it's, it was a, la a luck for your family or not, because I don't really know how your genealogy goes beyond it, uh, whether you are the descendants of Mariangela de Rizzo or you are the descendants of uh, the, the Carpinone, who are the, the people who had the right to get these estates, but in the end, they didn't get it. And they legally didn't get it because the, the law changed in between. And it was very interesting to read. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, obviously I descend from Mariangela de Riso, who married um, the the Duke of Capricota. Uh, yes. And and very unusual there because in that case, when the heir to the Capricota, the Duke, passed away, his sister actually got the title of a duchess, which I believe is very unusual in Italy, correct? It's very unusual. It is very unusual for South Italy, for Italy, for South Italy and for South Italy in that period. But eventually there were uh, perhaps reasons behind it because uh, even at that time, in that place, they knew some women uh, were better managers than some men. Mm. That's like today. That's like today. <laughs> they knew. <laughs> My wife tells me she's a better manager than me, so I'm going to no. go with that. <laughs> it, it, it depends. That they, I think there's much politics behind it, uh, whether uh, the, the woman is going to marry a noble or... Uh, not a noble or something like that. They even Gaspar, he had a vision, a strong vision of what to do with his estates and wealth and so on. He was surely a strong man who wanted to rule the world, and he tried to rule the world. He tried to rule uh, his uh, his wealth, his goods, even the purchases he wanted to make with his goods. He's trying to rule uh, far after his death. He said, uh, my nephew will inherit it and then his son and then his nephews, uh, his grandsons. And uh, he, he really wastes uh, a lot of sentences explaining every possibility of inheritance, uh, maybe two or three generations after his death. And uh, it's a pity that everything goes wrong in the end because uh, even after a couple of generations, uh, the the property is left to uh, the niece, to uh, 
Mariangela de Rizzo, but indirectly to the Capracottas, who were not family. And so this, he wouldn't have liked that. Surely he wouldn't. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he left me out. He didn't go far enough. But uh, and, uh, the, and the interesting thing with um, with the Duchess of Capricota, she um, and, and this really, really confused me for a very long time, uh, because when I when I look at um, uh, the Libro di Oro, it's Piromalo Capici Picicelli. And what happened was when she passed away, or before she passed away, she combined all the family names into one. But yes, but only the heir, the, the you know her son, the oldest son, the, the duke, got all three names. Everybody else is just Piermalo, and that was making me crazy until I finally was able to find enough birth and death records and put it all together. And then I found uh, third and fourth cousins in Italy who confirmed and they said, yes, our, our fathers or our great grandfathers, only Piromalo. And so when you, when you look now, only that one line has Piromalo Capici Picicelli. But they've been very, very nice. They, they, <laughs> they believe, they believe that I'm actually a relative, uh, uh, Caracciolo, uh, not so much. They're a little bit above, you know, they were from princes. So I still haven't convinced all of them yet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, there was uh, an issue about uh, passing on surnames uh, to the children because uh, uh, if the father was a noble, but the mother was a noble too, they didn't want one of the two surnames to be lost in generation. So they, they, they added names, uh, surnames. But uh, actually, I, I, I'm not really uh, very uh, familiar with this because most of my research and investigations are on common people, farmers. <laughs> and so I don't really know which, which is the politics behind all these. I mean, why Piromalo goes to one generation and uh, the Pichichetis to the other generation. And there must be something behind it and rules that... Uh, uh, that I don't know about the aristocrats. Yeah, the only thing the only thing that I could guess is that because she changed the name uh, before she passed away, she she changed apparently she changed the name when her husband passed away, and she put all three, and so I guess she conferred that name only to the heir because yeah, he was the rightful heir, and and everybody else was born Piermalo. And that's what they were. And that's what that's the way they stayed. Um, but to your point, you're very interesting in my family is that and and I don't know how much of this my dad ever really knew. Um, my cousins told me that my grandmother would tell them that her cousin was the princess and they thought she was just a crazy old lady. But her cousin actually was the princess because her grandfather was the was the prince. Um, and. But like I said, I don't know how much my father knew and I don't know how much my grandmother, I mean, she passed away in 1961, how much she knew about the family and how far back it went. I have to think that she did, um, but you know, it's, it's totally unknown. On the other hand, mom's family are farmers from Bari and in Italy, they never would have met 
in America, it didn't matter. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> I think the, I, I think this is the clue. This is the the, the, the point of everything. Um, in in South Italy, in that period, I, I mean, uh, before the unification, there were really lots of nobles because uh, um, the the king was giving uh, benefits to the lords, and these lords were becoming prince princess. Uh, it, it doesn't mean that he was. Uh, like uh, Prince Charles in the mm-hmm. UK. In right. UK, I mean, it, it was not the one prince. There were many princes. There were uh, big lords and uh, with their uh, enormous estates and fields, uh, and they had uh, towns, cities under them, and they were getting taxes from uh, all these all these people, farmers and merchants and so on. We'll be right back. Italian Roots and Genealogy is proudly sponsored by Your Dolce Vita and Dawn Matera, connecting people to their purpose in life and continuing their legacy. For more information, contact Dawn at www.yourdolcevita.com. Yeah, and you know, it's, you know, it's fascinating for me to find that out. But in retrospect, it's very, very sad because you know, the people who worked for my ancestors, they didn't have anything and they didn't have any rights. Uh, and, you know, when I go back to um, my ninth great grandfather, who was the Prince of Avellino, he was the Prince of Avellino and the, the Duke of uh, Atropalda and the Baron of some other place. So that whole section was his. And, you know, you think about the, the people that were subservient to him. I mean, he obviously had a great life. But it is sad in a way when you think about it. They, they lost everything. Um, when we became a republic, the aristocrats were uh, abolished. So mm-hmm. uh, officially, there are no nobles in Italy. Of course, there are right. because yeah. uh, the, the son of, of an earl is always yeah. the son of an earl, right. <laughs> and he he likes to be called uh, Conte, of course. Uh, <laughs> but it, it doesn't have any. Uh, official value anymore because we are a republic and so uh, all nobles bureaucracy uh, the aristocracy uh, they are just uh, abolished they, they they are just a title without uh, uh, um, without rights they have it, the title has a meaning but it doesn't have rights right and and i think you know even after unification that didn't necessarily especially in the south and, and some people I've talked to said it even got worse. Um, it didn't necessarily help the, the, the serfs or, you know, the farmers and those people because they basically still didn't have any rights. Yeah, I, you're right about this. Uh, I mean, now I think, you know, now it's different, of course, but um, it took a very, very long time. And that's why so many people from the, from the South uh, came here. Um, so uh, we've, we've just been watching... Um, Stanley Tucci. I don't know if you've seen any of that for CNN where he's been, he did no. six, he did six episodes in, in Italy. And, um, uh, you know, we would, I, I'm hoping we're going to get there in September. I hope we don't have to wait till next year. Mm, uh, I don't know. Yeah, September I know. I, mean, I know it's getting closer and closer. You know, we've had our, we, my wife and I both got our first shots here, but I know in Italy it's, it's, it's really, really tough, but, um, you know, I keep, I keep trying to, I, 
half kidding, only half kidding. I tell my wife, we should just go there and stay there. Uh, but they, he did like Lake Como, which is, I know you're, you're from that area. And it was just breathtaking. Um, and I showed my wife the pictures. I said, see, we could look at the lake and we could look at the mountains and everything else. Um, but for anybody who uh, wants, whether it's a short document or it's a long document like mine, uh, how would they contact you uh, and uh, to, to find out about their family or if they need a, a prof professional researcher? Okay. So uh, I have a website. It's www.egancestryresearch.com. Uh, I have an email, which is egancestryresearch at gmail.com. They can contact you if they want, because you know my name. And I'm very happy to uh, make uh, not only uh, sorry, the usual genealogical investigation, I mean, going to parish uh, or researching online, but also to read and translate and summarize these, uh, these kind of documents. Uh, for example, uh, last year during the strongest lockdown for the COVID, uh, I had some, um, I received some letters from my customers, letters that their uh, grandfathers, grand grandparents had received from the Italian relatives uh, who had remained in Italy. And they were saving these letters, but they didn't, they, they couldn't read them because they, had, they are handwritten, they are badly written, uh, they are grammarly poor because uh, they were farmers and, uh, and they didn't have a clue. So I could read them and it was amazing how many information about the family this letter contained. And it was not just uh, names and dates, of course, it was really the psychology of the people. It was uh, some, something, something like reading the, the will of Gaspar de Rizzo. Uh, you could catch his psychology, his thoughts, his vision. Uh, he wanted to rule the world. He, he was a strong man. He wanted to decide everything. And he was, uh, you could feel he was desperate when he had to amend his will according to the change that had happened. So his brother had died. The other, the small son of Giuseppe died. And so he, uh, I could feel his uh, desperation saying, uh, I have the right to change my will and I'm going to change it right now. And uh, from the date he changes his will and from the date the will is opened after his death is only four days. So he, he was really uh, on, on the border. And it's, it's something amazing when you can discover the psychology of one of your ancestors. For example, reading the letters, it was something of this kind. You could uh, read a letter of a, a soldier of World mm -hmm. War I, or uh, the sister who is asking money uh, to the people in America, uh, or the others exchanging their thoughts. And this is very, very nice. And it's something that perhaps um, people have at home in a drawer and don't know what to do with them. And this is part of my job. I mean, it's not only going to archives, which I love, <laughs> but also to uh, take every document that can hide stories and uh, make it uh, readable to, to my customers, to anyone. 
it sounds like it almost broke his heart to have to, this is crazy, you know, in this day and age, but almost broke his heart to have to leave it to his niece rather than a nephew. I think so. I yeah. think so. That's, a, that's, uh, I, that's I crazy. Think, I don't think it has anything to do with the love and affection. I'm sure. No, I'm right. sure. I'm sure she was, he was loving her and I'm sure she was loving him because she was the one who went on doing everything he had ordered. For example, the mass, a daily mass to be held every day for, for the duration of the world, he mm. said. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she, <laughs> I was shocked to read that. It means he really wanted to rule the world even <laughs> hundred years after. And, but she was the one who paid the priest to have a mass every day. So she was eventually loving him uh, and, and it was reciprocate. But of course, she couldn't be the legitimate heir because he wanted the, the estates to remain with the Derizo while she became a Capracotta. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he wouldn't have liked that. Yeah, um, no, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, well, this has been great as usual. And um, for anyone who missed it, I did a, a previous uh, interview with Elena and uh, one of her clients about the woman in black. So I'm going to post that out there again too, so people can listen to it because that was another fantastic story. Well, thanks again. And I'm hoping I'm going to see you maybe in September or maybe next I hope, year. <laughs> I hope to. <laughs> Things are going slowly here, but uh, we, we all hope that it will uh, be released the lockdown sooner or later. Uh, yep. And stay safe. Stay safe. You too. Have a nice day. You too.